The New York Knicks are the fifth most valuable team in the world at $4 billion. They couldn't find anyone to spend that shit on besides Reggie Bullock and Marcus Morris. You're tuned in to the number one podcast in your headphones, Prem Brulee. That's right. Don't ever get it twisted. Don't ever play yourselves. I'm your host, Premo Bot from the Play Call Network. Without further ado, let's get going on this week in sports. First up on YAFAM or nah, a change to NCAA transfer rules. So, Michigan coach Jim Harbaugh, recently at Big Ten Media Days, supports players being able to transfer once without sitting out a year. All right. Never thought I'd agree with them. Heavy alert. Heavy alert. Heavy alert. But, all right, coach. But, uh-oh. He wants those seeking immediate eligibility to be truthful about their reasons in seeking waivers from the NCAA, especially regarding mental health. Wait, huh? Harbaugh said he would keep immediate eligibility for graduate transfers and allow undergrads to transfer once without penalty, but require a year of no competition if undergrads transfer for a second time. Worth noting, football is among five Division One sports without a one-time transfer exemption. Okay, so first part is easy. It's a yeah, fam. I don't know anyone who doesn't think this should be the case. Let kids transfer once and play. There's no reason a young person should be shouldn't be able to change their mind. We all do as adults, yet we're asking them to stay put no matter what decision they made when they were 17 or 18 years old. But now to the huh part. According to ESPN, Harbaugh told ESPNU Big Ten Radio on Friday that he was concerned some players seeking immediate eligibility cite mental health issues that don't exist but improve their chances of receiving waivers from the NCAA. Harbaugh noted that he cares about mental health, but he thinks it has become an effective way for players to get waivers approved. Quote, down the road, I don't see that helping them if that's not a legitimate thing. But nobody would know. But what are you going to say? Ten years down the road, I just had to say what I had to say? You're putting them in a position that's unfair, not right. You're saying it just to say it. He continued, that's not something... We should be promoting at the college level. Telling the truth matters, especially at a college. End quote. So our resident favorite coach, Petty alert, Petty alert, Petty alert. Jim Harbaugh didn't cite specific players, but he just happens to have a player in James Hudson who requested a transfer and immediate eligibility to Cincinnati, citing mental health issues that he experienced at Michigan in his waiver request. Hudson's request was denied because he never had raised those concerns while in Ann Arbor with the Wolverines. Okay. Harbaugh always does this shit. You vibe with his statements, you know, perfect. A transfer rule, young man, young woman doesn't have to wait a year just because they chose to switch up schools. It wasn't the right fit for them or something changed from when they committed as a high schooler. Great. But then he goes and fucks it up with his big ass mouth. If this guy has a PR person, they legit must hate being in season and having him have media availability. Because this guy really is a certified public speaking idiot and stuck in some dumbass old ways. His comments are exactly the kind 
that make people suffering from mental health issues afraid to speak up. Which is the absolute last fucking thing you want. Knowing that they would fear people believing them is already a concern of theirs before they even are able to speak it. Then a person works up the bravery and speaks on their mental health, only to be shit on by someone who clearly hasn't bothered to understand it, and accuses someone of using it to get ahead. If a player really is using it to get ahead, that's on them and their karma. Who are we to police which claims are legit and not? I'm betting more than more times than not, it's legit. And even if it's fucking not, how about you be a fucking leader and trust the word of someone telling you? Mental health is fucking serious. It isn't helped when a figure like Jim Harbaugh's dumbass dismisses it. Sure, it's important to be honest. What do you think your former player's trying to do? And then you want to shit on a particular reason like mental health? Piece of shit. Beyond a rivalry, this man makes it so fucking easy to dislike him. And stay tuned alert for later, number one podcast listeners. You're in for a fucking treat. Let me take a breather before later. Next up on Yafam or Not, LSU's new football locker room is too much. Yafam or Not. So, if you happen to miss it, LSU football got state-of-the-art locker rooms, including chairs that convert into beds for each player's locker. It really is a sight to see. But it being too much, I'm a nod of this one. If you can build something that nice, why not? Anything to boost your brand and help get recruits. I hear all of you wondering why money doesn't go elsewhere. But listen, that ain't the job of a football team that gets to enjoy what they're given. Take that shit up with the university and how they allocate profits from their athletic department. Don't blame it on the players because they got a nice locker room. Last I checked, they're still not fucking getting compensated for all the money they bring in anyway. Petty alert. Petty alert. Petty alert. All right. Yeah, fam or not, to Tim Duncan joining the San Antonio Spurs as a new assistant coach. Yeah, fam, whatever. This is as boring as Duncan and the Spurs brand is. It makes sense. Coach Pop, the big fundamental, blah, 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 blah. Let's move on. (laughs) Tim Duncan and his oversized, gigantic suits and baggy clothes coming to the NBA. We just got a year away from it, guys. Don't worry. Last but not least on Yeah, fam or not. Odell Beckham Jr. is right to feel disrespected by the Giants. In a recent interview with GQ, he said, quote, I feel disrespected because I felt like I was a main reason at keeping that brand alive. They were getting primetime games still as a 5-11 and team. Why? Because people want to see the show. You want to see me play. That's just real rap. I'm not sitting here like it's because of me, but let's just be real. That's why we're still getting primetime games, end quote. I mean... Yeah, fam. For all the antics Odell Beckham Jr. has, he was the show for the Giants. And he probably was the reason they were getting primetime games. And he was their best player. And was he a scapegoat? You're damn fucking right. Nobody wants to talk about how Eli Manning and his stupid face sucked. And Odell Beckham still shined, even with sorry-ass quarterbacks thrown to him. Or a sorry-ass roster and a sorry-ass offensive line. But he just was a scapegoat because he had somewhat of a personality compared to that boring ass, stupid faced Eli Manning. (laughs) He's right to feel disrespected. 
The Giants paid him and then ditched him. They literally paying him $20 million to play for a different team. And yet, time and time again, they committed to Eli Manning and doubled down all that shit. Only to let their best player go. Hell yeah, fam. He should feel disrespected. Anyway, let's move on to like you know, like you hate it. Likey for the week. Gotta go to Brett Favre not knowing what a nickel defense was back in the day and having to ask his backup quarterback what a fucking nickel defense was. That's how much of a baller he was. Didn't care what defense he was seeing. He shit on him anyway. How dumb do former players have to feel knowing he didn't even know what the fuck he was seeing and he still beat you? Oh, you ever want to piss off a Packers fan? And shout out to my my boy Griffin for this one. You ever want to piss piss off a Packers fan? Just tell Aaron Rodgers is the third best quarterback in his own franchise's history. That should get him fired up. Oh, we bout that energy. The season approaches, baby. Sound that shit. Heavy alert. Heavy alert. Heavy alert. My My next likey comes from Matt Hammond. On Twitter, he's at Matt Hammond Show. He outlined the following. Games missed this season. Carlos Correa, 51. Jose Altuve, 36. George Springer, 33. He also established that Lance McCullers hasn't pitched this season, and the Astros' number four and five starters have been on a rotating door of injuries. All of this information and the MLB best Los Angeles Dodgers just have a couple more wins than the Strohs, in summary, go Stroh's baby. What it do, baby? No lucky goes to the current most recent golf scene. So, I'm, I ain't trying to be a ha- hater. Heavy alert. Well, usually I am. Heavy alert. Heavy alert. But just stick. You know, Shane Lowry won the British Open. He's an Irishman winning in Northern Ireland. Pretty dope. But, like, come on, man. Give me, give me Tiger... Like, hell, I'll even take Phil. Give me Ricky Fowler winning his first major. Like, don't give me this snooze fest. It's already gray and rainy in the UK. Then you're trying to get us in the United States not to tune in? Come on. In my hate it goes to Le'Veon Bell's rant against critics who feel he's not focused on football. Bear with me here. And me quoting him doesn't do it justice. Go check out him ranting about it on his Instagram, but here goes nothing. Quote, hey, real shit, bro. I'm tired of social media shit. I'm tired of everybody telling me, oh, Le'Veon, you're not focused. You only want to make music. You only want to play basketball. You do everything besides play football. And let me tell you all something. Everybody talking. I know you've got a favorite person, a favorite athlete, your mom, your dad, whatever. Somebody works at Target. Do you think when they work from 9 to 5, they go home and all they're doing is worrying about putting fucking shit on shelves? They trying to worry about what serial numbers are coming up? No. Think LeBron James is waking up? He ain't have no Taco Tuesdays? Bron don't have no Taco Tuesdays? Y'all think he's hooping all day? You think Beyonce's waking up singing all day? She don't go to work? She don't act? She don't do nothing else with her kids? Y'all think she's waking up singing? End quote. I mean... Le'Veon, you said you were sick of the social media shit while posting this on social media. I mean, we hear that, right? I mean, Le'Veon, you really trying to compare yourself to a person working at Target? You're getting millions of dollars. 
you were able to say no to over $14 million just last year. You think a Target employee is getting paid that? I mean, Le'Veon, you know you signed it in New York, right? <laughs> like, if you're worried about critics right now, the season hasn't even started. <laughs> you're in for a treat. I mean, what are we talking about here? Sure, people need to, like, get a fucking life and not worry about Le'Veon Bell. Obviously, he's practicing or else it's going to show on the field. He's been out 18 months. You know he's got something to prove. But, like, do do we always have to get examples of athletes just, like, totally missing the mark on shit? And also, Le'Veon, like, save the ranting for you, boy. Come on, man. Petty alert. Petty alert. Petty alert. All right, Joker, you're up, baby. Okay, I hinted at it earlier. First you played yourself goes to Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy, who shot a 78 and 79 respectively in the first round of the British Open. Oh, sorry, the Open Championship. First of all, you played yourself to calling it the fucking Open Championship. It's the fucking British Open, guys. <laughs> Woods and McIlroy then proceeded to miss the cut, obviously, since they shot some of the worst first rounds out of anyone in the field. The hype train was in full effect. After the Masters, I admit I was one of them with Tiger. But missed the cut, man? Come on. We're not even in the game? Not even getting our hopes up? <laughs> and what the fuck happened to Rory McIlroy, by the way? Wasn't he supposed to be the next one up to carry the torch? This dude has fell off the face of the earth. Rory, where are you at, baby? <laughs> Monsters come to steal your talent? Maybe you've been drinking with John Daly? Like, there's only one John Daly, bro. I don't know what happened to you. Okay. I promised y'all earlier I would get back to this subject. Okay. Because this man just fucking fires me up. You played yourself goes to Jim Harbaugh. Boy, he had such a quiet offseason. Like, Till his sore losing little brother mouth had to open up somehow. He said the following on the TK Show podcast. Quote, Urban Myers had a winning record. Really phenomenal record everywhere he's been. But also, controversy follows everywhere he's been. End quote. You can think or say whatever the fuck you want. But guess what? So can I. And have fun with it. What it do, baby? How in the hell, Jim, are you going to talk about your father that way? In what world does this not come off as a sore fucking loser? Like, this is coming from a guy who went 0-4 head-to-head. Did you really feel like this is the right move, Jim? You have to know that this is coming from a guy whose team's lost those four meetings by an average of nearly 17 points with high expectations on each one of the fucking four, including my favorite this past year. I don't... I don't get the fucking point of after you got your ass whooped to then talk shit. The man retired, so now you want to talk all this shit because you don't have to face Big Brother again. Or you don't have to face your dad again. Has losing become so fucking customary to you that this seems like a normal comment? Like, through his fucking thick head, he thought this would be interpreted as anything but being a sore fucking loser and a Sorry ass sore loser. A 
average loss of 17 points. Sorry ass loser. A top recruiting class every single fucking year and still losing. Sore ass loser. All these fucking Michigan fans booking their trip to Indianapolis last year. What what the fuck did your team do? Lose 62 to fucking 39. And this man's talking shit. This man who constantly underperforms at his alma mater. He's supposed to be the savior of this man, right? But we'll see. Here we go, Jim. You took your fucking cheap shot. Now, you have a heavily favored Michigan team to win the Big Ten, according to ESPN's Football Power Index. And best news for you, your daddy, Urban Meyer, is retired. I guess I could have skipped all of this and read Urban Meyer's daughter's tweet. His daughter's name's Nikki, tweeted the following. Wait, guys, maybe this is a deflection strategy. Throw a little mud to avoid answering why you always lost? Hashtag respect the rivalry. 7-N-O. 7-N-O-H. In parentheses, 0-4, LOL. <laughs> Nikki, that's a pretty damn good summary. Okay, last but not least, and you played yourself, we're staying in college football and actually staying in the Big Ten. I guess no one says anything interesting in any of the other conferences. Northwestern's football head coach, Pat Fitzgerald, was asked why attendance is down in college football. He said, quote, I think phones. I think technology has been the decline in attendance, number one. Watching young people today live like this, with their heads in their phones instead of like that, with their eyes up front. Stacy and I were out on a date last night. There were two groups of couples sitting next to, next to us. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm old. Not one of the two couples were talking to each other. They were all on their phones. Just drove me up the wall. I literally wanted to be like a dad. Give me your phone. Talk to each other. This is pathetic. It was really pathetic. He continued, it's changed the way a lot of young people and younger fans intake. It's all through technology. You watch a concert and everybody's holding their phone up. Listen, watch, take it in, create a memory. They don't come back and watch the, the videos. They just want to post it on their social media, which is pathetic. Create a society of, look at me, isn't my life great? He said further, I think it's a big cause. I think it's a root cause. Number one, I think the fans that grew up tailgating going to the stadiums four hours before games are getting a little older. I think the next and younger generations of fans are more reliant on technology. They'd rather have 12 TVs set up in their TV watching cave than go to a game and experience the pageantry and tailgating. I think it's definitely things we need to look at as a brand, college football, and how we can create that type of environment and experiences while respecting our communities and our neighborhoods to make sure the experiences that are happening don't impede on those neighborhoods, end quote. Okay, first of all, Coach Fitzgerald, some valid points. Don't put your head in your phone. I've preached it before, my own generation. Don't post a whole concert, not not just because you won't rewatch it later, but nobody wants to see that shit. But can I tell you old heads who are so get off my lawn with the younger generation, it's just turning into one big stereotype in your head that at this point is so beyond your understanding, you're just grouping every fucking person younger than you into it, failing to recognize anyone else. First, not fucking all of us are like that. Stop looping us in as one big collective group. We don't think all your dumbasses don't know how to use a computer, do we? Second, even those that are in their phones, so fucking what? 
They can bring their damn phone to a game. Attendance is still fucking down. That's not the reason. It's not because their heads are literally in their phone. They can't get up and walk to a game. No, they don't want to go to a game because they don't want to go to a game. Ohio State packs 110,000 people into their stadium every home game. What did they do this summer? They added fucking Wi-Fi to their stadium. It's so fucking rich hearing these football coaches. are supposed to be so tough-minded. Make stupid-ass excuses and stupid-ass explanations. Just find a fucking scapegoat. Every one of us has had a coach that said, stop making excuses. The fuck are these guys doing? (laughs) Maybe. And I don't know. Just hear me out here, coach. Your attendance might be down because it might cost a shit ton to go to a game. Ever thought about that? Ever thought about cost as a fucking reason? Our generation, if you really want to do your research beyond just spewing out fucking bullshit all these old people say about us being on our phones and only caring about technology. How about you realize the fact that our fucking generation starts their adult life with more debt than ever? But yeah, it's about phones, guys. It's only about phones. It costs money for a ticket. It costs money to park or take a Uber or Lyft down to campus. It takes up time to do all those things. Fuck. A lot of my generation has debt, and wisely, if they're able and their parents are willing, they move home to save money. You think while you're saving money at home, you're going to tell mom and dad, hey, I think I'm going to go out and spend at least a 100 bucks to go to a game. You think that fucking makes sense? Any chance this generation before us can rip us for things they don't that don't even fit, they do. Here's another fucking genius, rich idea for you. How about some of you sorry-ass football teams don't build a fucking 75,000-seat capacity stadium when their fans won't show up? How about your fucking 6-6 six and six season winning the toilet bowl in bumfuck North Dakota? Isn't a reason why fans want to show up and spend money to go to your game. <laughs> Your sorry ass resume isn't putting ass in the seats. Ever thought about that? Petty alert. Petty alert. Petty alert. Ever thought about creating an experience or a price point that brings people in? Ever thought about anything beyond just complaining? Just fucking complaining and losing total sight? Sure, it's important to be in the moment, but what are we talking about here? You were asked about attendance and you use it to. Rip a fucking generation who likes to use technology? Would you want us to write a sternly worded letter to your athletic department on why it's too fucking pricey to go to a game? To prove that we're not only on our phones? Well, let me tell you why this generation sucks. How about let me tell you to shut the fuck up? What it do, baby? How about, Pat, I'm not going to come to fucking a Northwestern game where we get our shit tossed by better competition. Petty alert, petty alert, petty alert. How about Pat? But I got a shit ton of debt, so I can't pay for this ticket this week. Sorry, you're gonna have to live with that. But no. No, it's about the phones. Those fucking millennials, I tell you. Shut the fuck up. On that note, it's time for who you got and what you feeling. So last episode, I talked about who'd get a contract first, Melvin Gordon or Ezekiel Elliott. Gordon has one year left on his rookie deal and is planning to hold out. Zeke's got two years left. 
on his deal, but there are some rumors that he might be demanding a new contract. Now, I said Gordon would get a new contract first, especially since the Chargers situation is a little bit more dire. The Cowboys have to manage a, a re-signing of Dak Prescott and Amari Cooper. They did some moves that created some room for that by letting go of Alan Hearns, creating $5 million more in cap space that should hopefully help secure their new big three. Also, I ranked the brand new NBA Dynamic Duos. At number five, I bypassed Stephen Clay because I'm a hater. I'm because I'm a hater and put in Damon CJ. Petty alert, petty alert, petty alert. At number four, I had KD and Kyrie. Three, Westbrook and Harden in Houston. Number two, Kawhi and Paul George for the Clippers. What it do, baby? And number one, Lagod James and Anthony Davis. This week, since I haven't got to cover much of baseball, my pick for this week is more of a scenario. So, your Major League Baseball team isn't faring how you thought. They're in a wild card race right now, but the trade deadline approaches. Do you buy or sell. Of course, we're talking about teams like the Indians, Red Sox, Rays, Giants. And this may not be popular for fans of those teams. May want to stand pat or try to be buyers. And But I'm team sell. If you're going to maybe squeak into the playoffs just to be eliminated quickly, I'm selling. Especially if you have assets that you're eventually going to let go. Teams like the Indians aren't going to pay Trevor Bauer. You might as well get something for him now and see if you can compete by what you get in return. Out of those teams I listed, maybe if you're the Red Sox, you buy some more. After a slow offseason, coming off a World Series win, maybe you try to do something to spark that. You're too good of a team not to. By the way, let's talk about disappointing so far, Boston. Good thing no one outside of Boston's upset about it. Petty alert, petty alert, petty alert. <laughs> Something to keep in mind coming up as we approach fantasy football season. Be uh, incorporating a lot more picks involving fantasy football. I wanted to wait a little bit. It's just starting to gear up as you start to look through some rankings and whatnot. So stay tuned for that. As for what I'm feeling, first of all, I'm feeling Travis Frederick being good to go for camp. After having to sit out the whole season last year, the autoimmune disease, love it, can't wait, I hope he is full go. And also, Lion King. Don't believe the reviews or Rotten Tomatoes score fam, go enjoy a refreshed version of your childhood. Just take it all in baby. As for too much sense this week, the advice I'm going to give you, way more than two cents worth, you didn't ask for it, but here it is. This week is about... Take an inventory of those you're spending time with. Are they adding to your lives? If they're not, if they're not leaving you feeling good after being with them, why are they in your life? You should be surrounding yourself with people that have a positive impact. It doesn't have to be big, but the least you could do is leave that meeting with someone, someone close to you, feeling better than you did before. You shouldn't have people that bring you down. And that's my too much sense for this week. And also, that's the number one podcast episode this week. I've been your host, Premobot of Prem Brulee from the Play Call Network. 
And you know the drill. Please, subscribe. Write a review. I'd greatly appreciate it. Pass this podcast on to a friend. And while you're at it, check out all of our other podcasts from the Play Call Network. Greatly appreciate you, number one podcast listeners. We'll talk to you next time.